0: Good evening, everyone. Hope you're having a good start to your week. Thank you for joining us. The Coach McVay Show with special guest general manager Les Snead tonight on ESPN LA 710. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long after a loss to Seattle in Week 16. The finale brings a win and get-in scenario for both the Rams and the Cardinals at SoFi Stadium. Looking forward to that one. We bring in Les Snead, and the news of the day, uh, Jared Goff has an injured thumb. It happened in the second half of that loss to the Seahawks. What can you tell us about the latest, Les?
1: Well, I think uh, Sean just had a press conference. I know I know. last night when we got back, uh, he met with the uh, – this morning, right, with the – probably met with specialists last night. They looked at the thumb, thought it was the best thing was to go ahead, open it up, uh, fix it. Uh, and that way begin the healing process. So that's kind of where we're at. Uh, broken thumb on the throwing hand. So uh give him credit for gritting it out yesterday. And then, then at this point, all, all you can do is rehab, progress, uh, and figure out functionality in terms of when and uh, where he might be able to come back for us. But uh, if we can get to the uh, next level of the video game, get to the tournament, you know, there's a chance he could be back. But Again, we're early in the phase. He just finished surgery not too long ago, so we hadn't started day one of rehab yet.
2: Les, we, we, we've been talking for years about the culture, the culture change, and I guess it's fair to say the, the, the culture is under siege right now. A lot of bad things going on. You're going to have to go with a backup with one more chance to, to make it to the postseason. Are, are you guys built for, for this type of adversity? Uh, the, the,
1: what you, what you, uh, again, I would say time, time will tell. I do think at the end of the day, uh, yes, even during this 2020 season, uh, there's been moments where, right, we've, we've been down, we've been out, and we've had, we've had major heavyweight contenders to go contend with, uh, and, and, and most of those, most of those, uh, you know, those opponents were, Either in the playoffs or or fighting for them and and this team showing its ability to maybe get over previous disappointment that that was yesterday. It's cliche. Now you got to practice it, uh, not necessarily just practice it on Sunday, but that began last night in that Seattle locker room continues, you know, onward to today. How you, uh, figure out again, the, let's call it the disappointment, the emotions of all that. Uh, and channel that into you know impact uh, impactful productive preparation for our for our next fight against the uh, Arizona Cardinals
0: Rams General Manager Les Sneed is our guest tonight on the Coach McVay Show, and that leaves John Wolford in line to see his first NFL action in Week 17 as the Rams starter. And it's been a while since we've mentioned John. You opted to go with him as your backup, really to go with a depth chart with no NFL experience behind Jared Goff for this 2020 season because of how much confidence you had in him. Let's revisit what he's capable of, what it is that you liked about him that gave you confidence that he could handle a moment like this.
1: You know, it, it, it's interesting when we, uh, you, you talk about backup quarterbacks, right? Some with experience, some without. Uh, and, and those without uh, have to get experience uh, at some point. Uh, and what's very interesting, he's done a really nice job since he's been here, given our first-team defense looks, right? And, and has been very productive against them at times. They're very complimentary. Of what he does, he, he adds an element of savvy moxie, uh, some mobility, but it, it reminds me of, uh, a blast from the past when Case Keenum was on our practice squad. And I know our, our defensive starters always thought, Hey, that, that kid has something to him, right? There's, there's something there and, and doesn't necessarily look like the prototype QB, uh, but we're seeing these type players come in. Uh, that maybe don't have the stats or maybe not the height things like that, but they they have some other superpowers that they uh that they bring to the table uh they're aware of their weaknesses and and they and they they put those superpowers powers to use so it'll be i mean i I can tell you, even though I know many people probably listening listening probably think this could be a very very adverse situation, but uh definitely looking forward to Uh, watching John get this opportunity on Sunday. For, for one reason, guy comes to work every week like he's a starter. He prepares, he's prepared to play every week. Number two, we didn't have a preseason, but I know in some of our moments of scrimmaging against our first team defense, which has become a very salty defense as they've evolved from, let's call it from, uh, August to now, uh, he had a couple of, You know, very, very uh, productive drives against those, that group, uh, in in some of those preseason scrimmages. So that's where we're at on on John. I know he's excited and uh, looking forward to seeing him play football.
2: I'm I'm with you, man. With all due respect uh, to to Jared Goff, I am looking forward to seeing this this kid play, this guy play. Because uh, the one thing I do remember about him is, my God, can he run? Uh, You know, it's 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 early, it's training camp, so it's a little bit different. When you're doing scrimmages, then you know a, a live fire exercise. But I do remember, my God, this guy can pull it down and scramble and run to pick up first downs, uh, to win a game or two. That is definitely an asset for your football team right now.
1: Well, I know uh, uh, when Sean and I sat down and, and and envisioned, mapped out, right the prototypical backup QB and 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 really the quarterback on our practice squad as well, Bryce Perkins. Uh, Has that element of mobility? At the end of the day, very successful college football players, right? Went to not necessarily went to power five schools, but not necessarily elite power five schools. Probably because their measurables didn't didn't necessarily meet some of the five star standards. But they won a lot of games there, and and it's really putting that those superpowers that you mentioned—the mobility to use and and able to make plays with their feet—and then and then even. Uh, let's call it make some of the uh, cover you know unscheduled plays by buying time in the pocket, moving, uh, letting some of those uh, coverages are designed to cover for about three to four seconds max. So if you can buy some time and, and 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 make the extend the play to you know five, six, seven seconds, you got a chance to find some open windows.
0: Les Snead is our guest tonight on the Coach McVay Show. If you joined us late, Jared Goff injured his thumb in yesterday's loss to Seattle. Uh, Had thumb surgery today. It went well. Had some screws put in place and should be available in the postseason if the Rams can punch their ticket. Les, you mentioned some of the work that Wolford has done behind the scenes, mimicking quarterbacks on your schedule. That would include Kyler Murray. I know he's done it in the past. Can I get away with a comp that he's a less heralded and undrafted Version of the quarterback you're about to face at SoFi Stadium.
1: Yeah, you, know, you you could definitely uh, say poor man's. I do I do know what Kyler has, right? That 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 sets him apart from many is is the literal probably track speed, right? There's we're seeing QBs in our league be be more mobile, right? But uh, that mobility often you know doesn't lead to maybe some of that track speed that. Lamar Jackson is shown and Kyler Murray, but, uh, we've seen, you know, you could get into some poor men, Baker Mayfield, poor, I mean, the Gardner Minshew type crew, the Case Keenum type, uh, genre of, hey, football players, maybe not as tall as you want, all of those things, maybe not the, the five star arm, but, uh, they process football quickly. Uh, they have this moxie savvy, Uh, the game's not big for them they actually kind of turn the game into fun and not you know work so uh, I don't know how you we often articulate that but a lot of times we just say hey there's I always say hey QB and then in parentheses Savvy and Moxie.
2: You know uh, can you just explain like knowing the offense and running the offense because when Jared Goff is the starter he's healthy he probably takes every single rep of the first unit offense so how much work does Wolf get during the week? And how important is this week getting him ready, going from the knowledge I know the play versus executing and running the play with the other 10 guys? Well, there's, a, there's a,
1: probably a, – let's let's, I'll, I'll focus on two things to your question. Uh, John's, John's a kid who was – hey, let's call it socialized, maybe developed, raised well by his parents. Maybe there's some genetics in there. He is a very, very highly conscientious kid. So, with that being said, there's some things he does uh, on practice days that maybe not everyone else does. Right, just for that fact. Right, he he prepares mentally like a starter. And 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 again, you have a base playbook, but each game it evolves, it changes, it condensed. But there's a specific game plan for each game. He definitely. Learns that game plan. He wants everyone to know that if he has to play that game, we got a chance to win it. Here's why. He also will spend some time after practices with some of our starting receivers uh, because what happens in the NFL if he is mimicking Kyler Murray on our scout team, he will often be basically passing, throwing the ball to you know the receivers that may be four, five, six, seven on our depth chart on practice squad things like that. But he'll take the time. To work with the Cooper Cups, Robert Woods, uh at times on his own so that he does have that timing with you know our starting receiver so if that comes. But and then you also can go back to in camp when you're actually a second team QB. And the the nice thing about camp is a lot of times, right, DeMarco, it's it's two on ones depending on which side of the ball, you know, is the one or the two. So John got a lot of reps against a very salty one defense, and he's also running our plays. So we can uh, – and I know Kevin O'Connell, I know our offensive staff, Sean, his group, have been, you know, revisiting that video uh, from this summer to kind of, hey, what, what did he do well running our plays? What did he do not so well against our starting defense? Asking John, hey, what are your favorite things and things like that. So that's kind of how you can basically – transition from right running Arizona's playbook to running the Rams. That is probably the negative thing or one of the negatives about our industry is is your backup quarterbacks often do not get reps running your offense with your starting receivers uh, during the season just because of time constraints, rep constraints, load management, things like that. So that is the benefit of being able to go to the AAF and maybe I would say it's coincidentally he was uh, with the Arizona AAF team and do believe didn't know this until I read it today that he led the AAF in touchdown passes so definitely doesn't surprise me. I know we watched his tape when he came out and he came and did a workout with us
0: impressed us and uh, the rest is history. Unless that record's going to stand for a really long time.
1: You know I, you know, is that that seems like a hint of sarcasm there
0: no it's something I've talked about with John he goes down in the record books and then they close them
1: well that's right that's the that's the thing like you that's why I said a hint of sarcasm there basically means you know what next year's aAF quarterbacks not going to break it it's just there's not going to be a aAF so uh that's a good record to hold right
0: a quick word from John when we come back on this uh coach McVay show I think it'll give you, know you a what? sense of just go ahead.
1: Oh, I was going to say too. I believe another AAF alum had a nice game this year in Dallas. Garrett Gilbert. I uh, know Garrett was drafted by us when we were in St. Louis, and then bounced around the league and ended up in the AAF. That gave him his next chapter to the Cowboys, and and actually had a very nice game of, against maybe the Pittsburgh Steelers at one point this season.
0: Well, we hope for the same for John Wolford against the Arizona Cardinals coming up at SoFi Stadium. It's a win-and-you're-in type of game, the regular season finale. We will hear from the starting quarterback coming up next. I think it'll give you a small sample of who he is, his disposition, a lot of the things that Les Snead just touched on. Just getting started on the Coach McVay Show, a Week 17 edition on 710 ESPN. In my mind, I guess I have a confidence that I can play at this level, I can be a 2, and work towards being a 1. and that's just the way I operate, and uh, I say that with humility. That's the Rams' Week 17 starting quarterback, John Wolford, set to get his first NFL snap against the Arizona Cardinals. Glad you're with us tonight on the Coach McVay Show, Week 17 edition, with special guests: Rams general manager Les Snead, Demarco Farr, and JB Long. Here, um, so I'm going to try and spin this positive. Not that it needs to be spun, John or uh, Les, but I, you know, I thought about this today that you know, maybe this offense needs a shock to the system, that for whatever reason they've started to get bogged down, and perhaps some change for change's sake might actually serve them well. Is there any sense to the thought that maybe the challenge of crafting a game plan around Wolford might invigorate Sean McVay and the Rams going into this finale? Uh,
1: good, good question, good point, uh, and, 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 and there's probably definitely some uh, uh,
0: long-lasting
1: truths in there, because what can happen sometimes, right, when you, as we talked about earlier, uh, each week you're gonna have a specific game plan, uh, when you're, when you're in offense, when you're quarterback, whatever, you put a lot of reps on tape for people to diagnose, analyze, try to attack. And sometimes, right, as, uh, the schemers per se are always evolving over maybe the last game and things like that. And then when, when you, when you are forced to, uh, let's call it do a restart or something different, uh, with another quarterback or another player at any position that the skill sets are different, right? Uh, Jared can do some things that John can't do. John can do some things, uh, Jared can't do. So at that point in time, right? The, the staff will sit down and there's this, this, uh, element of, okay, we want to beat Arizona, right? As we talked about December football, right. Seems like going into the Jets game, right? We had a 3-1 lead. We lost that game and went to 3-2. Now, now the series is at 3-3. So our goal is to win the series 4-3. So there is that element, right? Okay. With John, how do we put him in the best position to, to move our offense, right? The goal is not necessarily to, uh, have John play well for individual sake, but to help get our offense in rhythm, to help it move the change, to help uh stir up some explosions when possible and and, and score more touchdowns and field goals. But with that, long story short, right, with different skill sets, everything that allows that group to go, okay, we're we're gonna do something different. So it's not a derivative of fifteen game plans right now. It's actually game plan number one for uh, John Walford and him leading our offense. So that's probably a long way of saying there's some definitely some truths into it. Not saying there's a, a different level of energy that Sean's going to take into game planning and things like that, but I do think there's that. Hey, it's definitely something different. It's refreshing. And when 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 your back's against the wall uh, and you're in this emergency situation, there is some definitely adrenaline that kicks in to say, okay, uh, it's game seven. Uh, one of our leading scores is out, but we still want to score points. So how are we going to get that done?
2: It's it's fun, like bungee cord jumping. It's it's exhilarating. I mean, you'd rather not have to be in this situation, but I understand. And I've been enlightened uh, by something you just said, uh, because Wolford has gone against your defense, and there's a relationship there, because when JB was talking about Spark with the backup, and I was thinking as a defender, I always felt like when we had to send out the backup for whatever reason, we felt protective, like we have to protect him in this game. We have to play our best for him uh, to make it easier for him. Maybe it is because that's the guy you play against the most in practice of any quarterback. You see that guy the most. He is getting you ready to play against opposing guys. So when he goes out there, you want to do your best for him. So it uh, makes a ton of sense. And I'll say this. I would not be surprised. Tell me this. Tell me if I'm right about this. I wouldn't be surprised if John Wolford was, was either one or two uh you're leading rusher after next week versus Arizona because of that ability that, uh, his get, ability to pull it do down and do, run no
1: doubt i mean that's that's
2: an element
1: uh that he adds it's an element uh that we wanted to add to definitely our backup qB blueprint in that uh again that you know that allows right a backup QB not to have to be per se perfect uh again the play callers not to have to have perfect play calls it it adds that person to okay if 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 on this particular play it's designed to be passed but for whatever reason can't necessarily see uh over an offensive lineman uh, not sure little fuzzy on on the defense or what have you right okay i'll just put it down I'll, i'll roll out and and see if somebody pops open if not i'll go get four to six to eight if i can
0: Quick update on that running back position. Since Demarco referenced uh, the rushing stats, Daryl Henderson, with an ankle suffered in Week 16, is going on injured reserve. Uh, but it sounds like Cam Akers might actually, and probably, have a chance. Despite his high ankle sprain, he has not been ruled out as of Monday night for the uh, regular season finale. Les,
1: well, I think I think with with, with Cam, not ruled out yet. Uh, Cam's an extremely tough kid. Is proven in his rehab. Uh, to be a quick healer again. But with the injury, is something we'll monitor uh, during the week. But from the start, from the beginning, uh, you know, after, you know, he injured that, I think uh, I know Sh- uh, Sean represent, right, uh, you know, during the Jets game, finished that game, and, and actually had some really big runs that, that that called back. They got called back, so gave us a spark. But I know uh, Reggie Scott, our athletic performance director, his medical team did feel like that there was a good chance Cam would be back for the playoffs, uh, but it, like, like, uh, like a lot of injuries, it's, it's Monday night and a lot can happen between now and, and Sunday and, and a lot can happen between now and the next Sunday or Saturday, whenever you're playing. So you got to take those day by day.
2: I'm, I'm ready to be inspired. If this guy can come back from a high ankle strain and play and play effectively, I'm ready to be inspired, but either way, whoever goes out there, with them, I'm assuming you're going to see a lot of Malcolm Brown, He's your healthiest back, your most experienced guy.
1: Yeah, he's definitely that. He's he's obviously been a warrior for us over the years, uh, and, and and made some. Uh, as I always say with Malcolm, there's he, he has he has really really good vision. We've had a lot of four minute situations where we're trying to run out the clock with a lead, and and, you, and all of a sudden you get that box loaded with with extra defenders, and he can seem to find that uh, daylight. But again, we're looking. Uh, Xavier Jones made our team uh we 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 claim Mr Calais for a reason uh both of those bring uh a superpower skill set a trait that uh is different than every other back that we have uh including cam and and daryl so uh looking forward to get those guys uh in the game into some reps and and see who gets in the groove, but you're exactly right uh with Malcolm and his experience and and his warrior mentality. I'm pretty sure he's going to want to take that handoff. And, and like you mentioned earlier, right? Every player knows when we're in a game seven, we're with our backup quarterback. So maybe I need to see this, you know, see this crease a little bit better, right? Drag this uh, tackler a couple more yards farther. And you have everybody doing that on uh, both sides of the ball and special teams. And, and there's this compound uh, effect that can, Hey, give us a chance to have a team win on on Sunday and and uh, celebrate punching that ticket.
0: That game will come against the Arizona Cardinals. The Rams looking to sweep their division rival to close out the regular season. This one at SoFi Stadium. You're listening to the Coach McVay Show. General Manager Les sneed is our guest tonight with Demarco far I'm JB Long, and let's transition back to Jared Goff because. Before the injury, it's not lost on us that he was struggling in some really key situations on Sunday and at times throughout this season. Big picture, Les, do you have thoughts as to why you know Jared has not progressed the way that I think everyone associated with the Rams had hoped maybe since that NFC Championship game in New Orleans?
1: Well, big picture, and you go to yesterday, I think in what's very interesting yesterday, right, in some key situations, third and long, Jared had a heck of a day. You will always hear us talk about this is a team sport, but I, us converting third and longs, that's a nice stat, but it's not necessarily who we are in our DNA. We're a team that likes to get in rhythm on, on the early down. So when we weren't able to run the football early, first 15 carries, averaging about two points, something. And then when Daryl was finally able to get some breathing room, uh, Sean, his group made some adjustments finish some blocks and, and get some explosive plays. Uh unfortunately he was injured. What a heck of a play by uh Jamal and uh Jamal Adams on, on the play that ended up injuring him and really saved the touchdown and probably led to to a goal line stand. But I think at the end of the day us Jared, us on offense uh last two years been a little bit inconsistent. But at the I do know this the enemy has a say. Uh, when teams play the Los Angeles Rams, they're going to take it serious. They're going to know they want to slow down an offense that's proven it can score and score fast. So what happens in that evolution period is you start – you can't just prepare for what you've seen on tape because you're getting curveballs all the time. And I think uh, that's going to be our reality uh, in this phase of who we are. And, it, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to take all of us, right? It's going to take uh, – uh, myself as a GM, right? Really analyzing things and, and what type of playmakers do we need? Uh, it, hey, do we need to block better? Do we need to catch the ball, uh, when we can not have some untimely drops and things like that so that we all can thrive and flourish as we move forward and navigate, uh, navigate what is going to end up being, right? when we play opponents a tough day's work because I know this, they're going to come in they're going to want to slow down our offense.
2: You know, credit where credit's due, Les, uh, that Jamal Adams play, that is the defensive player of the year. For a safety to make that play from behind the line of scrimmage, that's a wow play. Uh, but going to Jared Goff for a minute, do you, do you think he takes too much of the blame for for what's going on? I mean, look, the the picks and the turnovers, that's easy to, to point a finger at, but do you think he takes too much of the blame for this team not getting into the end zone?
1: Uh, you you know what? QBs will always probably uh, on a probably that I call it uh, shallow level uh, because you know all of us who watch the game, cover the game, pull for teams, what have you, are usually going to look at the TV screen or down on the field when, when we actually get fans back in the stadium and, and when the offense has the ball. You're usually watching the QB, and QB has a big part of it, right? That you... No doubt, you got to clean up uh, turnovers. That's something that uh, if that that's just a. uh, We want to go back to long time truths, right? Teams that lose the turnover battle uh, are are gonna you're gonna that's gonna put you behind the eight ball to win. That'll be on us to clean that up. But I I do agree, right? Our goal is uh, and simple is is not necessarily to have a really really. Great QB, but kind of be inconsistent everywhere else, and have that player carry us. Uh, we want to build something that's very strong, uh, you know, foundationally, you know, in, in all phases of the game, so that the, the QB can be a point guard and distribute the football and hand it off when it needs to be handed off. And and there's going to be times when you're going to get down, and there's going to be no passing situations, and you're going to have to you're going to have to get in the gun and and convert and. And things like that, and it's going to depend on the game. So that's our objective. So, but QBs, uh, they get paid a lot, uh, you know, back in college, high school, uh, they probably maybe get, uh, higher quality dates. All those things come with that position, but also the scrutiny that comes with it.
0: Last thing on Jared Les, for those who missed the news of the day, uh, the injured thumb at Seattle required surgery on this Monday. Everything went well, and he's on track to hopefully make an appearance for the Rams should they advance to the postseason. Uh, I'm not a superstitious type, but out of respect to those who are, this is something we have not spoken of on this program and on other platforms as well. Uh, But here you are at the end of year five with Jared, and this is the first meaningful time that he's missed as a pro. And I know that's something that you liked about him coming out of Cal. So at this juncture, is it okay to address like, hey, we would have signed up for one missed game at the end of year five to this juncture of his career?
1: I, I, that's definitely uh, that. That is definitely gives you like right, stability, consistency, all those things. It's one of the reasons too, and, and we talked about it uh, again, as much scrutiny as Jared has taken, especially over the second half of the season, with uh, with some of the the untimely turnovers, right? We've talked about it on this show, you know, since he's been partnered with Sean McVay. I mean, one of the winningest QBs in the uh, NFL. What comes with that and one of the reasons you can be one of the winningest is not just winning games but actually playing in those games, right? So durability is definitely, uh, you know, one of those things that's probably allowed him to have more wins than Drew Brees during that time span because Drew – Over the last couple, two three years, has missed time based on injury. So, uh, not saying Drew's not durable because he's been very durable. Maybe it's because he's getting a little things like that. But durability is extremely important, Uh, and I think that's a that's a. I think there's an old what's the old saying, DeMarco, that the the players would you know around cut time can't make the team in the tub or. You, oh, you can't make the, the club the, the in the
2: tub. Chatter? Yeah, <laughs> hell, when he's well, but he's always sick. <laughs> there you go. So that th- those those are uh, some uh, locker room
1: wives' tales, per se, for a reason durability is definitely uh, a valuable trait in basically a sport, a game, a job that you know what it, it's, it's somewhat hazardous because there's a you know it's twenty. 22 guys on the field and 11 of those guys are trying to trying to disrupt you, tackle you, bring you down. So uh, not the uh, safest of occupations, per se, in terms of and take serious injuries out of it. But just avoiding the 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 ankle strains, the soft tissue injuries, the things, the bumps and bruises that go with playing this sport.
0: Still to come, we will preview the finale with the Arizona Cardinals. Plus, we'll turn our attention to the defense and the way that it's all come together for Brandon Staley and company here in this 2020 campaign. Can they help the Rams to one more win? It would be their 10th of the season, and it would send them into the playoffs. Glad you're with us tonight on the Coach McVay Show with Les Sneed on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to the Coach McVeigh Show, a preview of the Arizona Cardinals in Week 17 still to come. Looking forward to that one at SoFi Stadium, the finale in that new house in Inglewood. DeMarco Farr and J.B. Long with special guest Les Snead tonight. And Les, I don't want to go too much further without just kind of touching on this. Week 17 was no guarantee in this NFL season, and yet here we are. Do you have any thoughts on an accomplishment this has been for the league and for the Rams organization to get to the point where you have a chance to play your way in in the final week of the year?
1: I, I, I can't. I commend everyone involved from league office to, to all the clubs uh, to the Players Association. And, and the, if, if there's any lessons to learn right there, right there was, hey, there, there was a crisis, but there was a sense of urgency uh, to start a season, to finish it. I think what that, what that actually created, engineered, uh, it, it engineered the league office working with the players association. Sometimes they spar when they're talking about, you know, uh, the collective bargaining agreement and things like that. It allowed clubs to share data with each other through, through the third parties of the, the league and, uh, NFLPA. And there, it, it almost eliminated the, politics, to bureaucracy, and love the fact that when new data came in, that everyone felt would be a benefit to get us to week 17, to get us to the finish line. You know what? Policy changed, evolved, adapted, and then you, you can't ask for anything better than that than some big entities, uh, right, that have, let's call it individual agendas at times, but Came together one common goal, shared data, learned, and actually applied that data in real time. So I, I commend it uh, if if we could do this, right? If the planet and everything involved, right, in the uh, working together and collaborating that goes on on this planet to make a, a better humanity, uh, if we could attack it like uh, the NFL, the NFLPA, the clubs did this year, I think uh, I think the planet would be a lot better.
2: No doubt. For keeping the product on the field, I, I, I don't care how many wins you, you have this year. Everybody's a winner because, like you said, we're going into to week 17. That's amazing. Uh, uh, I'm looking at your sack list or the Rams sack list, and, you know, it's like a guy with a gold record. Uh, you'll be the guy that drafted Aaron Donald. He's got 13 and a half sacks, and it's like ho-hum because we've seen this before, um, but he continues to be great. And the other guy, uh, he was on a one-year prove-it deal, Leonard Floyd. I guess he's got nine and a half sacks. I guess he proved it, that he can play when he gets the opportunity.
1: You, you know what? Uh, what's awesome? I, I, I'll go back. We we drafted the Los Angeles Rams drafted right uh, Aaron Donald. a lot of collaboration. A, lot of, a little bit of courage, right, because he's one of those guys that doesn't necessarily – have the height. What I can say, and, and again, we're about wins here, but uh, again, if he's leading the league in sacks and, and all of those things, what I do know that Aaron Donald has gone through this year is he's gone through holding, right? I, I could get fined for this, but when Russell rolled out yesterday, made a great throw. Uh, I think uh, it was Moore who made a great catch for them. You know, they tackled Aaron Donald on that play, uh, and even Oboe got held as well didn't get the call and i like that we're not calling holdings all the time uh just because it uh it, it slows down the game don't like that austin corbett got called for holding against the jets but what i want to say is this is a lot of double teams a lot of triple teams he got triple teams on yesterday and to still be able to affect the game half six, this could be one of his better years individually based on the fact that hey People are building a wall to star for him. Going to, to Leonard, I do think, uh, schemes matter in this league. Uh, not everyone's one size fits all. Uh, Brandon had been a part of Leonard having uh, a good season with them in Chicago. They changed defenses a little bit, asked Leonard to do some things differently than, than Brandon is. Uh, but again, I do think environment, ecosystems, how you're using people's superpowers, uh, matter and, and again, similar to a Robert Woods, right? Didn't necessarily fit what Buffalo was doing then, but he fit us and it's worked out. And, and the key to all of this is, is finding players, right? Who actually fit what you're doing. So DeMarco, like I said, when you're at maybe, maybe with you DeMarco and vaguely remember, but if a three, four team would have asked you to come and be a two gapper, maybe that wouldn't have been your thing, right? But if a team asks you to come to to get an edge, get a gap, things—I'm not saying you weren't strong or had leverage or things like that—but right, if if somebody can hire Demarco and put you in a spot to use your superpower, you're going to play better.
2: Oh yeah, well, I mean, if you want me to two gap, I'll do it. But you know, I won't be happy. You know, <laughs> but I'll do it. I see what you mean.
1: Twenty-two, Demarco. If you yeah. knew In your day, right? Team A uh, is going to ask you to two gap team. Team uh, B is going to ask you to one-gap, and and everything being equal, right, money,
2: place to live, things like that, which scheme would you have picked? I'm going to go to a place that, 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 like you said, supports my superpower. Let me rush the passer, but, I mean, if you want me to two-gap and you guarantee we're going to win, then I'll two-gap. I'll be the best two-gapper out there. But, yeah, I'm just happy to see that Leonard Floyd, he gets an opportunity to rush and rush, you know – a, a more consistently, and he's getting to the passer. Even if he doesn't knock the guy down, he's affecting every single play that he's in. I've been real impressed with him. JB, you know what I'm noticing here?
1: The, the What's that? Warrior competitive spirit of Demarco Farr. He still hadn't gotten over the fact that I may have insinuated, you know, he didn't have the size or the strength to two gap. You feel that? I feel that a little bit. <laughs> You know what
2: I mean? I'm still I, mad at you DeMarco because I, you caught me sitting down, down at training camp. <laughs> hey, DeMarco, <laughs> you shame me into standing what? up? <laughs> I forget. I, I guess I
1: remember as we age, we put on some pounds, so maybe, maybe it's subliminally like you're thinking. I'm a better two gapper now than getting that edge right on that on that guard or that center and and being back in the backfield getting tackles for losses before the other guy. But I
0: like I love the, and the point. The competitive I, I, yeah.
2: I still have an anchor. I can help you out. I can take a double. I just can't win a one-on-one.
0: You know, hearing you and (laughs) and Les talk about some of the defensive personnel and the year that they're having, and and obviously I have to mention Jalen Ramsey in this category too, it's it's tough to assemble a defense like the one you have and for it to all coalesce the way that it has here in 2020. And and I'm leading to this, uh, Les, which is I wonder if you can give us a sense of the urgency inside the building because I know – Speaking for a portion of the fan base right now, they're not that enthused about the scenarios and the way that the Rams might end up going to the postseason. But I can't help but think that this defense in particular has earned the right to get into that tournament. And if they do, with Donald and Ramsey and Floyd in their prime and so many others, that this thing might just surprise some people.
1: Yeah, I think uh, – great points. I think number one, right – you- this is a marathon. It, it is a 16, you know, mile race. So, uh, again, what you, I, I can remember we have, uh, JW Jordan, who's with us in the, in the front office and, and won some Super Bowls with Indianapolis, right? Talks about, uh, maybe the year they beat the Bears, but they had a stretch where heck, Maurice Jones drew ran for about 300 on them, right? And they kind of, I want to say backed into the playoffs, right? But didn't play their best and maybe their last two to three games ended up going to the Super Bowl. So it, it's a cumulative thing. And I, and I think, and I get to where if you're a fan and you're, you're pulling for the Rams, last seven days have been excruciating, right? And, and the difference of what we go through and a fan goes through, right? Is okay. There is an element we can channel some of that, uh, that negative fuel. Into productive preparation, getting ready for this game seven as we talk about it, and getting a chance to to get into the uh, tournament. I remember what, heck, a couple of years ago, right when the Philadelphia Eagles got into the tournament with Nick Foles, uh, didn't play as well down the stretch, but got hot when it counted and went on. So goals to get into the tournament, uh, and I do believe all fans, even though boy, if you're if you're a really fan of the Los Angeles Rams, I. I I know how you feel. Excruciating. It's not two weeks. It's basically seven days. We lost to the Jets on a Sunday, lost to Seattle on a Sunday. So that's a tough seven days, but I do think by the time we get to, uh, Sunday, uh, Arizona comes to town, other things going on in the league and you get to the tournament, uh, you know what? We're all going to celebrate a little bit and we're all going to look forward to that, that next challenge in
0: the tournament. And, And see what happens two teams trying to play their way in at SoFi Stadium this Sunday the Rams and the Cardinals can both secure their spot in the postseason with a victory we'll preview that matchup the rematch with Arizona when we continue with Les Snead on the Coach McVay Show ESPN 710 It'll be decided in week 17, the Arizona Cardinals pay a visit to SoFi Stadium to take on your Los Angeles Rams. We continue with the Coach McVeigh Show, week 17 edition here on 710 ESPN. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and our guest tonight is Rams general manager Les Sneed. You know, we talked a little bit about turnovers uh, earlier in this program, and I just wanted to make sure we touched on what a turnover-free performance might mean for your group. All three faces, offense, defense, and special teams, haven't had one all year. Uh, Can't help but think of the chances that would give you to get to where you want to go if you can pull it off on Sunday.
1: Well, again, I think you alluded to it uh, last segment. Defense is playing really, really well. And and a lot of times with us having to go on the road, good defenses, the old wide sale travel, right, uh, because you may get into some elements and not be able to move the ball as efficiently. So uh, I think when you do have a defense that's playing at a high level uh, and keeping right people, it, the goal, right, if they drive, kick field goals instead of touchdowns, they punt to you, things like that, but that turnover just gives maybe a field position switch, a shorter field. We've seen that happen this year with our defense. I mean, yesterday, I do know this <laughs> Seattle had a lot of good field position, not all of it because of turnovers, but we've seen a uh, few games pass where all of a sudden you're playing really, really well, but team gets the ball on the 30. So a uh, turnover free day definitely, uh, definitely uh, adds energy, fuel, uh, and consistency to uh, to defense and also gives them uh, let's more rest to be able to go play urgently because if you do turn the ball over, there is this sudden change and, and maybe, you know, another minute and a half or two minutes of, of uh, you know, refreshing, uh, getting your legs fresh or what have you, is all of a sudden abruptly changed. So a lot of things go into that.
2: I love this type of year, this time of year, man. This is where the, the, the real dogs stand up. No doubt about that, and and
1: that in football world, right? Dog, dog is is a compliment. I don't know how we would define it, but uh, dog is a is an is an ultimate compliment uh, in our in our business, in our environment, and our defense definitely playing like that. And would love to would love uh, to see that group rewarded with a chance to go play uh, in the tournament and see what happens when when we kick off between those white lines
0: and to give 39-year-old Andrew Whitworth a chance to play one more game this season, right? If you can get to the dance, it sounds like he's on track to return.
1: You know, that's a, that's definitely uh something that uh Andrew our athletic former team is uh, uh that that was the North Star, that was the vision, that's the goal. Again, would have would have loved to uh gone ahead and punch that ticket by now, but that's not our reality and this thing's going to game 7, but it, it's game seven and, and remember, hey, the goal is to win, win that series four to three. And at that point, everything's, everything's wiped clean and, uh, you get to the tournament zero and zero and, and, uh, go play games. And, and the nice thing about our bunch, like Andrew Whitworth, a lot of people in our defense, they, they have playoff experience. So, uh, uh, that's something that is, is real, uh, and necessary and definitely useful when you get to that time of year.
0: Well said, Les, and congratulations on a nice bike ride behind the scenes. That's a good hour of calorie burning. Better than DeMarco and I, I can you know do.
1: what, though, but I only difference is I probably, didn't, probably rode longer, but couldn't really pick it up because then it, I would have been out of breath <laughs> and no one would have had a clue what I was trying to <laughs> articulate. And they may, still may not have a clue what I was trying to articulate. But So it's been a nice steady pace. We probably didn't burn as many calories as, I would have liked, but uh, better than just sitting down. I can't tell you that. So the way this whole new deal with the radio show and not having the, even though I miss seeing y'all when I got a chance to come in and watch some Monday night football with y'all, uh, this new bike thing kind of reminds me of draft meetings.
0: Well, you have a good night. And DeMarco far to you, my friend, as well. Looking forward to Sunday and hopefully games beyond.
2: Thank you, sir. Let's go get him, man. Let's go. Appreciate it, guys.
0: All right, this has been the Coach McVay Show on 710 ESPN.